It's the premiere episode for my podcast, and I'm breaking down the season 11 premiere of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Let's get into it, honey. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Giorgio Says Podcast. If you love to keep up to date with all the latest pop culture news and celebrity gossip, then this is the podcast for you. Tune in for exclusive interviews, reality TV updates and recaps, and the juiciest gossip around. Now, now please welcome please your, host, your host, Giorgio Takanakis. All right, so so much as been given to us in the first episode of the season 11 premiere of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was very, very excited for this season because of last season being such what I would say a tragedy in this franchise's whole like portfolio. I think they really needed to bring it this season. And I do think that although it seems from the trailer that we're going to have a lot of this season based around what's going on with Erica and her husband, Tom, and all the lawsuits. I do think that we will also see some different storylines playing out. Whereas in the past, I feel like they would normally stick to one person's storyline and kind of go with it. And all the other women would kind of work around that person's storyline. I think this season, it will be a little bit different only because fans have been waiting for there to be a turnabout with storylines, with the women, what they're up to, not focusing on one person, but allowing them to kind of merge together um, like they have in the past, which is what we love about this particular franchise so much. It's just not a focus on one person. Um, But the cool thing is, is that for episode one, they kind of packed it in, so to speak. I think they kind of took the whole quarantine and being able to film and, and not, you know, be segregated from each other. They kind of took advantage of that. And I think they hit the ground running. Um, do I think it was overly produced? No, but I do understand that they had a job to do. And I think they knew going into the season that they all had to shake it up a bit and people needed to be present. And when I say present, I mean, not one of the ladies just going to sit back and hang on to someone else's storyline or play piggyback off of it. Like some of the seasons in the past. Um, so we kind of open up at Kyle's house and Lisa Rinna is coming to visit her. And it seems like they haven't seen each other in a while, probably due to quarantine and things of that nature. But we learn that Kyle Richards had a nose job just maybe a few days prior to this actual scene, which we saw in, in the, the timeline recap. Um, but she claims that she got her nose broken on the set of filming the Halloween movie that she was doing and said that, you know, well, since my nose was broken and had to be fixed anyway, I told the doctor, you know, can you go in and make a cue? Kind of like a gift with purchase. I don't know. There's, I mean, yes. Is the story believable? Could that have happened? Absolutely. But there's just, it's just odd to me. It just kind of feels like it came out of left field. Like, wouldn't we have heard that you broke your nose? Like, I feel like she's, you know, Kyle's newsworthy enough. I mean, she's filming with, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis. This is a pretty big movie. If something like that would have happened, I feel like that would have been an easy headline 
grabber, you know, like Kyle Richards breaks her nose on the set of Halloween. But hence, we didn't hear anything about it up until this point. So she talks about that. Um, and at the same time, we see Dorit and Erica driving, and I don't even know what the name of this car was, but it was, it looked really crazy to drive. Like, it looks like you should only be driving this car 100 miles an hour because any slower, it just kind of feels like it looks like it wouldn't be a fun drive. But I love, love, love Dorit. Um, I've loved her more and more each season since she's been on this franchise. And I have to say that her, her style fashion game is not to be challenged. I mean, I don't know who puts her looks together, but whoever that person is, bravo to you. Because this, this look with the, like, the vintage Dior and the two different color pumps, it's giving me, like, let's make this, like, season 11 premiere, like, a splash. Like, I want to look absolutely stunning and she does and she's in the car driving to Kyle's with Erica and they're kind of just catching up in the car you know like just you know small chat nothing too crazy again this is the first episode so we're not going to really get too heavy into anything we're just reintroducing people where they are at that time getting reacclimated to the relationships so we have Erica and Dorit driving to Kyle's house and it seems like they're all coming to like reunite. It's part of their like group. So, you know, they, they're, they're coming to catch up with each other, talk about stuff. And as we get to Kyle's house, um, Erica and Dorit let themselves in. They're talking about, you know, just what they were doing in quarantine Dorit and Erica both shared the, you know, we got dressed for ourselves at home because, you know, it was kind of sad not being able to go anywhere and not get dressed for anybody. So that was kind of fun. Um, And we learn that Dorit's going to be having a barbecue. Um, And if we know anything from past seasons, whenever these ladies call anything a barbecue and then you actually get to the event there's no barbecue in sight it's literally catered food um so I kind of wasn't expecting it to be a real barbecue specifically because if it's at Dorit's house and she's asking everyone to get dressed up I think it was going to be more of like a glam party with some like barbecue style food but I didn't picture like PK at the barbecue like turning over like burgers and hot dogs. So um, I was excited because it's part of the reason why I watch this show is, you know, I like to see the girls get dressed up. I love to see them get glam. I love to see the drama, the dresses, the outfits, all of it. So um, that was really, really cool. Um, I thought that was a good way to open up the episode because it kind of shows kind of like a like a friendship that was built over time. So these ladies grew closer to each other through their experience of being on the show. And I think that for like an Erica and Dorit or a Dorit and Lisa Renna specifically, you really kind of see them come full circle because these ladies didn't really get it off on the right foot when they first came into contact with each other. 
And there was a couple instances, you know, where they had to work out some kinks. But now it seems like they're all understanding of each other. They all have each other's backs. And, you know, this isn't really shown on the show as much, but you can kind of read between the lines. Like, these women have conversations off the show. They know what's coming up. They know when filming starts. They know that they need to, like, basically get their shit together. So it was clear to me that there were some side conversations going on about how they would approach this upcoming season and, you know, all that fun stuff. So I was really, really kind of happy to see that we are kind of showing these ladies kind of on each other's side, having a good laugh, you know, getting excited about being around the rest of the girls. So, um, you know, while everyone was at Kyle's house before Erica and Dorit showed up, you know, Lisa Renna had mentioned to Kyle that she was supposed to sit down and have dinner with Garcelle, um, because she hadn't seen her, um, alone in about a year. And Kyle brings up the fact that she noticed that Garcelle unfollowed her on Instagram and, you know, there was a funny part where she's like, do you think that, you know, someone unfollowing me on Instagram is going to get me upset? And, you know, I sat there and was like, well, of course it would. And then she answered yes. So I thought that was hilarious because Kyle's not taking it too seriously, understands that social media can be a bit shady. An unfollow says a lot more than someone saying something outright. So, um, but it seems that Kyle is looking to reconnect with Garcelle and kind of start on a new, just wipe the slate clean. I think there were some misunderstandings as to what Kyle's agenda was on last season's reunion when she brought up Garcelle not paying um, the, the charity, the money that she, you know, basically raised her paddle and basically like said, I'm going to pay this amount of money. And I guess something fell through the cracks. It seemed that Garcelle clarified that the, the charity was sending the information for payment to an old address. So she was never aware of it. And when she was aware of it, she took care of it immediately. But I think it's still kind of burned a little bit. So, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think she also unfollowed Lisa Renna, but she may have refollowed her in the midst of that. They didn't really talk about that on this episode or Lisa didn't bring it up, but Kyle definitely did. Um, so it's kind of opening us up to two conversations that are going to happen. One with Lisa and Garcelle and then one with Kyle, two separate issues, but still looking good because this gives Garcelle the opportunity to come in and kind of, hold people accountable. This is season two for her. So she is, I think going to be a little bit more comfortable. She's gotten her feet wet. I think she also learned a lot from watching what happened with Denise last season. So I think she's kind of got her guard up with certain people. Um, one of the ones mainly being Lisa Renna, because I think Lisa Renna was the catalyst for, I would say 90% of everything that went on with Denise in the, in the pylon. So we have that coming and, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that 
Garcelle and Kyle can get to a good place because I do think that they they just they would probably be actually really good friends if they actually like took the time to get to know each other. So I think this is a good opportunity for Kyle to kind of open up the conversation. Let's clean up what happened. I do believe that Kyle was just being petty and she was mad at Garcelle at the time. So I think that was part of the reason why she brought it up. I don't think it was racially motivated. Um, although I do understand what she said, um, how that could possibly make Garcelle feel. And also just for the, you know, the overall bigger picture when we're talking about stereotypes. So I think it was not intended to be that way, but I think that's part of Kyle's learning. And maybe that's something that she'll learn um, this season because it seems like they're from the trailer, at least they're really kind of talking about race more. And I think because they have brought on, you know, Crystal and they brought Garcelle last season, they're really trying to, step it up. I just hope it, it, it comes across authentic and they're not reaching too hard, but I do think it's a good opportunity for Kyle to set the record straight. And I think Garcelle does see a potential friendship with Kyle. I don't necessarily think that she's done with her forever. I think it's going to be harder for Lisa Renna to kind of turn the page with Garcelle just because they have a longer history together and they know each other a lot longer outside of the show. So, um, so we learn also Sutton, which super excited for Sutton. I absolutely fell in love with her last season. I was really, really bummed that she didn't end up getting the diamond. I thought she absolutely deserved it. She brought her a game for someone who was on the show for the first time and had no clue about what was going on. She held her own And she stayed pretty authentic to me. So I was sad that she didn't get her diamond because she was in literally every single episode. She did everything with the girls. She ended up being on the reunion. Like she was a full-time housewife in my eyes. She just wasn't legitimized. They didn't have the diamond for her last season. So this season before the trailer dropped, I was excited for her because she finally gets her diamond but we've learned that Sutton has sold her, sold her, sold her family home um, that she had with her ex-husband, and I guess raised her children there, and ended up buying a, a brand new home. But the brand new home needs some renovating. So in the meantime, she's actually renting Kyle's old house from her. So we see a little funny. Um, kind of deja vu moment of Kyle coming in to see what Sutton has done with her old house. And um, it's just crazy to me that someone could buy this multi-million dollar home, do all these renovations, and then still spend what I think they said with Kyle's friends and family discount, she's spending like $20,000 a month in rent. That's just mind boggling to me. But nonetheless, um, I did love that house that Kyle lived in. It was like probably one of my favorite homes just because it, it felt like even though it was probably a bigger layout, it never seemed overwhelming or intimidating. Um, so it's kind of cool to see what Sutton's done with Kyle's house. Cause they obviously have two different, um, styles and tastes and things. 
So that was a, a good moment. Um, we also get to look at what's going on. Um, we're catching up with Erica a little bit, which seems to be a bit of a shady edit. Um, and I could just be reading into this, but it's just a little odd to me that we had to throw in Erica looking through clothes in what was called the overflow closet. So meaning just another room in the house that is just full of like racks of clothes that don't have a place in her like actual closet. So we have her creative director and everybody and her assistant. And it just kind of, it kind of, I know that they always like to show this stuff when it comes to like specifically like, the beginning of a new season. They want to kind of reintroduce you to the wealth, the labels, the money, the the cars, the homes, etc. But there was something, this kind of felt a little bit like they were kind of doing a shady edit here. They almost wanted to throw it out there. Like, look, she's, she's basically like busting out at the seams with clothing and shoes and jewelry. Um, and, all the while, she's basically, like, talking about how, you know, Tom wants to get back into the court system. The court system was affected through the quarantine and this whole, like, pandemic. So she's kind of just kind of insinuating a little bit that that money's not been coming in as fluid because the courts have been closed and because things have been at a standstill. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about a brand that I have loved for the last four years. It's called Ideal of Sweden, and they are a Swedish fashion and lifestyle brand for cell phone accessories. So imagine your outfit's on point, you're ready to hit the door, but your cell phone case kind of ruins the vibe. Why not try Ideal of Sweden cell phone cases and accessories? They pride themselves in delivering the highest quality in everything that they put out. This includes sustainable thinking. Each product is quality tested multiple times before it's even delivered, and it's carefully selected in terms of what materials are used. So the durability, the comfort is there, but it's not ugly. I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing worse than an ugly cell phone case. I'd almost rather shatter my phone than carry around something that's way too like mechanical and clearly just looks like it's there to cover your phone. Ideal of Sweden focuses on constantly developing new innovative functions, which is why they have so many accessories to choose from. So if you guys want to elevate your cell phone accessory game, you need to go to idealofsweden.us and use the code BBGiorgioSays at checkout and you will receive 15% off your first order. Again, you want to go to idealofsweden.us and at checkout, use my code BBGiorgioSays at checkout and get your 15% off and start elevating your cell phone game, guys. So it's interesting. Now, we know that this was filmed before she filed for divorce, before the lawsuits came, you know, out and hit headlines and all that stuff. So at this time, none of that's going on. But it's still weird watching it because it's almost like it still looks like she's 
it just feels wrong. Like usually I'd be like in awe of her um, overflow closet because that's something that, you know, uh, gosh, I would love to have that problem. Like my main closet's just not big enough, even though that's a big space. So I need to put my overflow in another room. Like I would love to see that and love to like, you know, dive in and see what she's got going on. But this time it felt wrong only because we know what we know now. Um, And it just makes you wonder like, what's really going on? What's up with this situation? Um, I know Erica had to cut her Broadway um, show short by two weeks. Um, So there was a lot going on there. So I think there's, there's a little bit more of just like, this isolation of who Erica is in this pandemic. Um, but I don't think she was going down the route of the whole Tom situation. I don't even know if she knew she was going to be filing for divorce in the midst of filming the show. I don't know what triggered that. Um, and again, we don't get to see too, too much, but it is kind of a splash, like a shade moment of basically like, kind of throwing her under the bus a little bit, like, you know, throwing her out there to say, like, look at all the things that she's showing off, but yet look at where she's at right now. So it's kind of like foreshadowing a little bit in my mind. Um, And I I do really believe that they purposefully threw that edit in. Um, And then we finally get to um, dinner with Lisa Rinna and Garcelle. And... You know, instantly it looks like Garcelle's not really, she's not interested in having a fake conversation or moving past this too quickly because I think for her, it's, she's making a point. Um, Whereas when we get to dinner, you see Lisa Rinna is just kind of ready to own what she did. And I think part of that was because Lisa Rinna does not want this to be part of her storyline this year. So I think by her owning it very quickly and putting it out on the table and saying, you know what? I was wrong. Hurt people hurt people. I think she was trying to kind of put the nail in with this particular thing. And I don't think she was interested in having this drag out. Um, But Garcelle had different ideas because when she sat down, she kind of held Lisa Rinna to the fire And, you know, asked her a lot of, like, what I thought were really intriguing, important questions. Like, well, you've known Denise longer than I, than than you've known me. But Lisa Rinna is now claiming that, no, she's actually known Garcelle longer than Denise. So that's kind of strange because I always thought Denise and Lisa Rinna were friends the longest out of the group. Like, if you were to throw them all in a room, I would definitely, because I can remember back in the heyday when Denise Richards was throwing these elaborate parties or she, you know, would do something. It was, that was her friend and maybe it was just a social thing, but it's still, it's still weird to me that she's just kind of throwing Denise out. Like they didn't really know each other, but they did. Otherwise you like, to me, you wouldn't have gotten so angry last season saying that your friend is lying to you. And that's really what it was about. I honestly, I have a different, a 
opinion about what was going on. I think for the show, they had to play that up about how she was lying because she was lying. I do believe that Denise Richards was lying last season. Do I think that something went on with Brandy? Absolutely do. Do I think it was necessary to drag it out to this extent? No. Also, because the show last season was shot and choppy and they basically had to just pull together what they could, a lot of stuff just didn't make sense. So, like, I would have loved to have had more... I mean, if you're going to pull Brandy into this for that storyline then you should have kept her on a little bit more or had her at the reunion so that they could at least confront it and, like, move on. So it just feels like now, like, Garcelle's come to this dinner. Lisa Renna is trying to do the apologies and the accountability and owning it. But I don't think Garcelle's buying it. I think Garcelle even said in her interview, I think she's just trying to hurry up and own it so I don't come for her. And what I think you know, what she's saying between the lines is, is that she doesn't want me to make this a thing this season. So she's trying to move on, which fine. If Lisa wants to do that, that's fine. But I don't think Garcelle's going to give her that. I think she's going to, you know, make her suffer a little bit. I think she's going to really test Lisa Renna and kind of, you know, because her whole thing is like, well, if you can do that to someone like Denise, how do I know you're not going to do that to me? And I would feel the same way. But I think what Garcelle's learning is that the, this show, or the, the Housewives like franchise in general, these women can be friends off camera. But it's a different ball game When you're in front of the camera, there's a job to do. And I think Lisa Renna got carried away last season. I do think she did get carried away. I think, does she really feel hurt by Denise? I think think yes, but not for the reasons I think that people think. I don't think it really boils down to the fact that she lied about the Brandy Glanville thing. I think what probably pissed Lisa Rinna off is, you know, we have to remember that at the end of the day, these women are all paid differently. Um, and Denise Richards was paid a million dollars for two seasons. So $2 million total she walked away with. And she gave us nothing, like zero. And that's what's annoying, I think, not just to the viewer, but I think to someone like Lisa Renna, who, you know, she gets paid a half a mil per season, which is still very good, but she has to bring her A game. Like, she wouldn't have been able to float on this long if she would have pulled the Denise Richards card and been like, well, I was... You know, I was an actress, so I don't have to try as hard because I people know who I am. So I can give them literally like a sprinkle of something and they'll be fine with it. So I think part of that came from Lisa feeling like Denise didn't do enough to earn her check. Um, but obviously that's not going to be talked about on the show. But I think she's saying it without saying or she said it without saying it. So. Nonetheless, Garcelle is not, doesn't seem like things are completely resolved, which rightfully so. I don't think that you can resolve something like that over a couple of drinks. So it was very interesting to me that um, Lisa seemingly walked away from that as feeling like they were good and they were basically starting off on a new slate and they were going to kind of move forward. 
Um, and then we also get to meet the new housewife, Crystal Minkoff, whose husband is um, a big shot producer. He directed the original Lion King um, film, so lots of notoriety there. I do think Crystal's a good addition to this mix of women. It seems like from the trailer, at least, she's very opinionated and outspoken in her own right. So not too laid back. So off first glance, she seems like a laid back woman. But as you watch the trailer, you got to notice that that's not the case. Um, Particularly her in Sutton do not seem to hit it off. But we get to meet her. So Crystal and Lisa and Kyle are all at Crystal's house. And they're meeting her seemingly for the first time. So Crystal's actually connected to Kathy Hilton. And the rumor was that Kathy wouldn't join as a friend to the show unless Crystal joined. So that they could kind of do it and experience it together. Which kind of makes sense. um, Now that we understand how long their friendship is. But it was very interesting to me to see that Crystal's very much, she's a stickler for, you know, things being a certain way. Um, She talked about her, the birth of her son and having to wait till, you know, till eight o'clock to do it because it was, you know, Chinese like tradition and she followed all the rules. And so she's got this type A personality from what it seems. And it seems like that's going to kind of carry and spill over into probably some of the dynamics within the group. So again, I'm, I'm seeing it as a little bit of foreshadowing, but also I, uh, I forgot to mention that when Lisa and Kyle were driving to crystals, Kyle lets Lisa know that she's going to be having, you know, lunch with Garcelle or meeting up with her rather. And Lisa shares that, you know, she had an amazing dinner with Garcelle and they were able to move on from stuff, which I thought was interesting because that's not the way it read um, from watching it. But so that was kind of funny to me that it's clear that Lisa Renna just wants to be rid of this whole situation. She wants to kind of move on. So we have that going on. And then, um, yeah, so we finally get to see the new housewife, uh, Crystal, were introduced to her and her husband. And then we head off to Dorit's barbecue that she invited all the ladies to. Um, and it was purposeful that she wanted everyone to get all dressed up. No one had really gotten dressed up for anything in a long time. So this was like an excuse to kind of get glammed and whatever. And of course, when we get there, we realize that this is not a barbecue barbecue. It's just like clearly like a catered, you know, there's a chef in the back drumming up food, probably finger bites and like small tapas type things. Nothing like there's not any like hot dogs or hamburgers or whatnot. So, but the ladies look amazing. I thought that it was really fun. I have to say that, um, Dorit's like red dress stunning. Erica looked amazing. She literally looked like cotton candy. Like she killed that look. Um, Lisa Renna, although I'm really getting tired of this like Versace print, the suit brought it to another level. And it's such, it's such a Lisa Renna, like it's just her. Like she looks so good in like a, like sharp suit 
and it could be a print or it could just be like black. Like I, I, I think she's worn like suits on there before, but this print was fun. Um, who else? Garcelle looked amazing. Also, we get to meet Kathy Hilton. Um, and she's literally hilarious. She's, I didn't realize how funny she was or how quirky she was only because I'm obsessed with her daughter, Paris. I've always have been, but we don't really get to see a lot of Kathy. Like we don't, I mean, we know of her and whatnot, but we don't see all those different sides of her. So the, the fact that she's just like hanging out and being funny, thought Garcelle was Kyle, which how blind could you be Kathy that you would think that Garcelle was Kyle, but nonetheless, so these funny moments, you know, kind of lighten up the mood. And as we go through the evening, you know, Garcelle and Sutton are outside and it's made clear from Sutton that Garcelle and Lisa are not on the same page with how things got left in terms of their sit down and talking about the Denise Richards debacle from last year. So basically Sutton lets her know, like, maybe it's, maybe you need to reiterate that things are not all good because from her angle, Lisa's basically telling everyone y'all are, you know, you guys are good. Like you moved on and there's no issues. Garcelle, you know, obviously disagrees. And so she's kind of doing the side eye that night. You know, she's already, she hasn't spoken to Kyle yet. So they they didn't seem like they were engaging in conversation. Garcelle and Lisa, not so much. So it just felt like Garcelle was just there as an onlooker and just kind of watching people. Um, but what I thought was interesting was when we get to the, the part of the evening where everyone's just sitting around and they're just kind of discussing like what were their highs and lows during this like pandemic. Um, it's like, very interesting that Lisa Renna pointed out that she had a lot of time to self-reflect. So it's almost to, to kind of, again, put it out there like, you know what? I had a lot of time to think about this. And she didn't mention anything about the Denise thing, but you could just kind of tell she was saying it in a way that it would kind of come through again to Garcelle. Like, I have been thinking about my behavior and reflecting on myself and trying to better myself and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it seems like Garcelle was still giving side eye. And then Erica also said something very interesting about the loneliness she felt by being home all the time and not having anything to do and having to buckle down and get some help. So she ended up seeing um, a psychiatrist and ended up going on Lexapro, which is an antidepressant. And I thought that was interesting because it's also like interesting that she's pulling that in as part of a way to say, you know what, I've had some depression. Um, And then I think in her interview, she also points out like everyone has problems. Sometimes the people, the, the bigger your life is, the bigger your problems are, but that doesn't take away that people of all shapes and sizes in terms of bank accounts or house sizes don't have issues in their life, which I do agree with. However, I do think that when you have that much privilege and, and and that kind of money, I think the problems can be dealt with in a 
much easier fashion. I can't say, you know, that that blanket fits all. Like, it's just everyone has the same type of problems, just it's scale different based on your bank account and the size of your house and the car you drive. I think it, it was kind of a way for her to kind of throw out there that she's been dealing with a lot more than just what quarantine left for her, which is isolation and self-reflection. Now, I do think that her spending more time at home may have put things in perspective for her. Maybe she was at home a lot more, so therefore she paid attention to certain things. This is where my mind's going with it, because I'm trying to watch it unfold, even though we know so much has happened since the beginning of filming of the show. So her being Alexa Pro kind of suggests that she's had some depression with not being able to do what she loves to do, which is perform and all this crazy fun stuff and getting dressed up and, um, you know, just being Erica Jane. But I think it's a great, great way to kind of segue into what's to come because I'm pretty sure they're going to kind of play off of that a little bit. Now we, if anyone knows this better than anyone. It's the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We do not get to see a lot of Erica. I mean, we see what she's doing with the girls. We see what she's doing like on the show, like if she's performing or she's doing something fun or, but they really just kind of focus it on her, her Erica Jane persona more than the Erica Girardi persona. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of like moves to a more intimate setting where we're going to kind of see it, how Erica's life kind of unfolds and is, you know, it is kind of like a literal pretty mess because you kind of, you read the headlines, but you know, she also disclosed that she wasn't holding anything back and she was listening to her lawyers and, you know, there's a lot going on over there. And I do know that all fingers point to her as being like part of the problem with this whole situation and this whole scandal. But I want to give it a full chance. I do want to see, because maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe there's, there's information that we have no clue about. Maybe, you know, not saying she was completely blind to it because again, Erica's a smart girl and she's a tough cookie and she's very analytical. So she pays attention to what people say. So I don't think that she's like a Teresa type person that was just signing stuff and didn't understand what she was signing or didn't want to understand rather. I do think that whatever she knew about, she wholeheartedly knew about, and those will be things that she'll have to deal with. But I do think overall, I would like to see and hear her side of the story before coming to my own verdict, which luckily I'll be able to do with all of you. Um, because I'll be recapping these episodes week to week. So we'll get to like watch it unfold together. Um, but I think this episode one was a great episode one. I thought it offered a lot of insight to a lot of things that are to come. I think it is really opening up the doors to kind of showcase that there's multiple things going on within this group. So we're not all focused on Erica. Now that could change. Um, cause this is only episode one. So, you know, sometimes they go back and they re-edit things based on what the current events are kind of putting forward and what story they want to tell. So hopefully we get a full view of 
Erica's side as much as she's allowed to legally talk about. Um, what else happened in this episode that was funny? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just really well done. I thought it was, like, seamless. There was not a lot of, like, downtime. Sometimes episode one is kind of like you could miss it. Kind of, like, for me, I with some of the franchises, like, I can skip episode one and just watch it back-to-back when episode two comes out. So, like, when the rerun comes on before the new episode, I'll kind of just catch up. This time I was really excited for, like, an actual premiere episode. So... Um, I can't wait for the girls to go to Lake Tahoe next week, I think is when they go. And that'll probably be honestly a couple episodes, uh, just seems like a lot. And I'm just guessing off of the trailer because there was a lot of different cuts that all kind of stem back from this Lake Tahoe house. So I'm wondering if it'll be like two or even three episodes or two and a half episodes of them being in Lake Tahoe. Um, And I think the reason why they did a trip so quick is because I think they wanted to kind of get the balls rolling here with like the relationships of putting them all, you know, on a trip together. And, And so I think that will also be part of it too. We're going to kind of see some dynamics unfold a little bit because again, these ladies have not been around each other. So they probably need to like warm up to each other again and, you know, all that fun stuff. So I'm looking forward to next week's episode because I know that that's where we'll be spending most of our time is Lake Tahoe. And it looks absolutely stunning. Um, But yeah, this was a really good episode to kick off the new season. I will say that I am really excited for Kathy Hilton. I'm really excited for Crystal. Although I don't know much about her. She seems like she's going to be really good to watch. Um, I think she brings a different balance. Um, I also love that she's Chinese, so she's bringing that other element of, uh, you know, diversity to the show. There's, you know, it's not just Garcelle anymore. Like, I wish they would have... I think they could have rounded it off by adding another person of color. Um, Because if I'm honest, it kind of seems still like heavier on the white meat side of things, if you know what I mean. But nonetheless, I will take it. And I think Garcelle can hold her own. And I don't think that Garcelle's going on there to be, um, and she said this in interviews, she's not going to be the token uh, black woman on the show that's representative of every single black woman ever. So she's literally on there just being herself. But I do think she's going to use it as a way to educate the ladies because it seems like there's already a couple um, things from the trailer, at least that are going to come up in terms of like race. And um, specifically it seems with crystal and Sutton, there's a little bit of a hiccup when it comes to like the whole discussing race and whether or not Sutton sees color or, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But um Yeah, I'm very excited and I'm super happy that we are back in Beverly Hills season because I have to tell you, as much as I love the other franchises, I absolutely adore this franchise because it's just, it's, it's my favorite one. I'm not even going to lie. And that's, that's a big statement to make to say one franchise is, but it is, it's my favorite one. Um, 
So yeah, until next week, guys, we will see what happens and I will keep you guys in the loop. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. It's Giorgio says, and all my extra info, anything that I find out in between will be posted on there. And I look forward to speaking with you all next week. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. This was Giorgio Says. Like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for all the latest updates, go follow Giorgio Says on Instagram. See you next time. time, 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 time.